gonna pause on love. It's just Nicole. There's no one else with me. And it feels a bit strange if I'm being perfectly honest because I'm so used to having the energy and the chemistry of the other person on the other line. So this is gonna be a little bit different, but this is probably gonna be the format of the podcast going forward. So if you were here for the interviews and you really don't like to listen to me talk, then sorry, pal. Um, Come back at a later date because maybe someone else will be here. I do plan on having friends come in um, and chatting with people. Absolutely. Uh, The format will be a bit different, obviously, because I'm going to have some repeats come back on. But I think it's still going to be a good time. So, you know, bear with me. For this first episode, it's probably not going to be as long as the others have been in the past, just because I'm sort of still getting my sea legs here and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going and what I'm doing. But I do have a few topics that I did want to talk about. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it. So this podcast will mainly be focused on Black indie romance. And when I say Black indie romance, I mean people who are writing and self-publishing. And so a lot of the topics that I will cover will relate directly to Black indie romance, um, particularly because that is an area in which I am, I don't want to say an expert, but well-versed. Um, and so there are just a few things about this area that I think are worth having conversations about. So yeah. Anyway, first topic I have down here is to talk about sort of the symbiotic nature of the community, right? So this community is comprised of three essential members. Um, they are authors. Obviously, we are the ones creating and putting out the works that people consume. The people that consume them are the readers, which is another, you know, arm of this community. And then we also have um, the reviewers. And readers and reviewers actually live within a Venn diagram that overlaps greatly because not all readers are reviewers, but all reviewers are readers. So, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about that a bit because I'd seen some chatter online saying that the Black indie romance community can be sort of cliquish or that we could be, I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of the right word to say and I I, I can't get past cliquish. So we'll roll with cliquish. <laughs> but I, I have not witnessed that. I have not seen that to be something that is true. In my three years of being an author, especially, it's not something that I've seen to be true, mainly because I've been, you know, welcomed into this community by women from several different aspects of it. Because like, I'm not just talking about straight up contemporary romance writers. Like, I know some urban girls I'm super cool with, like some paranormal girls I'm super cool with. So it's like the different factions within the entire indie Black community. I think that I've met and have been greeted with nothing but, you know, kindness and respect and welcoming. And so I don't I don't understand when people say that we're cliquish. I think that there are definitely friendships that exist within this community. And that is one of the things that I find the most beautiful because writing is such a solitary exercise. It's you in your word doc and you're doing your thing, right? It's it's very rare that there are collaborations. And even in collaborations, I feel like it's not like you're necessarily writing with that person at all times, because sometimes the nature of collaborations can be, you know, I'm working on my thing, you're working on your thing, but we're coming together to make this larger thing. And so with writing being such a solitary exercise, it's been really heartening for me to see so many people link up and be friends that probably lived in the same geographical areas or had things in common 
or just met and linked up and the energy that flowed between the two of them was just amazing. And so they decided, you know, oh, we need to continually, you know, keep in contact with one another. I think that that's dope. I think it's amazing. I think that a lot of people misconstrue friendships for clicks, which is crazy to me because like I'm cool with a lot of authors. I have certain authors who are my true real life friends. Like I'm texting them every day, like, hey girl, let me tell you about this thing I'm thinking about. Or, hey, girl, let me tell you what the boy said today that was funny, yada, yada, yada. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we are exclusionary or that we don't, you know, communicate with other people or that we feel a certain way about different authors or anything like that. It's it, No, like, it's never been in my nature to be standoffish. And as far as I know, a lot of authors are very introvert. And so I think that people misconstrue that introvertism as them being standoffish or stuck up or snobbish and it's like girl no they just are not good at peopling so you need to respect that you know but yeah so but getting back to the symbiotic nature of the black indie romance ecosystem I I think that it's very important to remember that respect goes both ways um but the fact of the matter is is that this relationship between authors reviewers and readers is one that is definitely it flows both ways uh it's mutually beneficial and i think that um people on both sides of that need to respect the fact that the person on the other end is an actual human being and that you know mistakes will be made but hey what 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 can we do you know i I don't know it's just me i'm spitballing but i'm gonna move on but talking about reviews right so i just released the book earlier this week um fucking fall in love if you have not (laughs) read it yet please go ahead and click it on the little amazon one clicky or the ku one clicky just go ahead and click that one one time but so right now it's sitting at like 12 or 13 reviews and all of them are five star reviews right and so i am sitting here literally waiting for the first two star review because it's coming no work is perfect. Everyone is not going to like everything. But I'm like, okay, all right, it's gonna come. And how am I gonna process it? How am I gonna synthesize it? How am I gonna feel about it? Like reviews are very important to me, just because I like to know that my intentions are being seen and understood. So I don't treat reviews as the end all be all because when I put words down on the page I said what I said and I said what I meant but I do think that they are sometimes a good gauge of whether or not what I said was clearly communicated so that others may synthesize it and actually pick up the pieces (laughs) on what I was talking about and so I read reviews for the first week and then I let those motherfuckers go because undoubtedly there will come the one review that is completely tearing my work to shreds and saying, oh my God, I don't know why people even recommend this person. And, you know, just silly shit. And I don't really like to allow negativity to, you know, pervade my life like that. And so like once those shit start coming through, I'm like, okay, and we're moving forward because I don't have time for any of that. Because I, I know I'm a damn good writer. I don't have I don't have to answer to nobody. Like if it's not something that's for you, that's cool. But hey, don't keep coming back because that's my thing. There was this one person and I knew the person's screen name. 
that's how often I recognized that they were the same person leaving a bad review. And I was just like, okay, you, person X, every time you read one of my works, you don't like it. Why do you keep coming back if you don't like it? What I need you to do is find something else to do with your time instead of reading a Cold Falls books. Because girl, let me tell you about how the both of us don't need this. You don't need work you don't like in your life. And I don't need your negativity in my life. So like, let's just, you know, split it down the middle, sis, and call it one. And I think she finally, she's finally gotten to the point where she realizes that she doesn't have to read my work and then leave terrible reviews anymore. And I'm just like, thank you. Like, thank you for moving on. Because honestly, every time I saw your name, I was just like, hey, go this bitch again, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So that's enough about reviews. I don't know. Sometimes you just got to take it with a grain of salt. You can't let it, you can't let it stop you from doing what you do. Because like I said, if you, if you as a writer are secure in your work and you know that the things that you put down are the things that you put down, then sis, those reviews, the negative ones, they shouldn't even impact you because you said what you meant and you meant what you said. All right. So my next topic. So I recently just got my first number one, which yay, woo-woo, you know, very excited, very excited. And it was number one in African-American erotica, which I was like, okay, because I was stepping out, you know, trying something new and the release I just put out was erotica. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, it feels good to get a valid number one. What's up? What's up? Um, But then I noticed that I was at number four in the African-American romance category. So I'm like, damn, I just can't crack. Like, cause I, one of my goals is I really want to crack like top three. I would love to have a number one in African-American romance, like straight up overall. Um, but we just not quite there yet. So, you know, I just want to crack top three. Like that's been my goal probably for like the better part of a year now is to have a release and for it to crack top three in the big African-American romance category. So I'm like, dang, it's at number four. I'm like, man, maybe it'll climb. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let me go look and see what's at three, two, one. Because I'm like, if I look and I kind of gauge and I see some names that I know that, okay, this is a name that's not budging from three, two, one. Cool. So I get there and I'm looking and the first thing my eyes zero in on is a white chest. So... If the category is African-American romance, in my mind, both of the people within this book are African-American because the romance is happening betwixt African-Americans, if you will. You know what I mean? So when I saw this white chest, I was like, ugh, here we go the fuck again. So I... My views may be problematic, but what the fuck ever. Um, I don't think it's African-American romance if just one person in the couple is African-American. No, that's not how this works, baby. Like, it's just not. It's interracial or multicultural or whatever the fuck. Whatever it is, is not African-American. And I'm using African-American right here because that's the designator that Amazon puts on it. But what I'm saying really is black, right? So... And I'm not even just saying like black, like black American born blacks. It can be a black Brit. It can be a black Latino or Latina, like the black, evidently Afro. Okay. And so when I saw that white ass chest, I just like immediately got angry. I went to Twitter and I posted a tweet. 
Um, and I was like, you know, me when I saw this white chested man as number two on African-American romance. And it was like a gif of like this white woman destroying this room or whatever. And so I could see if Amazon did not have a category for interracial or multicultural romance, but they do. They absolutely do have a category for this type of work. So my whole thing is, why in the fuck are you putting your work in the African-American romance section when it is clearly not African-American romance? And I'm sorry, but if people want to be out here holding themselves accountable as fucking arbiters of romance and they want to say, oh, well, we don't think that the urban books should be classified there neither. No, fuck you. The urban books have the right to be there because that is love being expressed between two black people. But then you turn around and you fucking put this white ass chest on this cover. This book is about a white man and perhaps a black woman Who knows? It's probably barely discernible whether or not she's actually fucking black. And then you want to classify it as African-American romance, put it in there and take deserving spots from people who are actually putting out content that is what the category calls for. You can probably hear in my voice that I am highly agitated because I am turned the fuck up. This is like one of my biggest pet peeves. There's an interracial and there's a multicultural category. Put your fucking books where they belong. Stop trying to put them in AA because you know that the shit can shoot up and get you a high ranking. Like, no, stop that. Stop that shit. Put them where they belong. Let us have something. We don't have a lot in this world as black people, but let us have this fucking category. My God. Sorry, that was a rant for the ages. I need to take a sip of my water. Mm. Lord. Um, all right, I'm gonna turn down. I'm gonna turn down. I'm gonna turn down. I am. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Like, like that just really like burns my grits. I promise you. Like, I was, I was upset. Do you understand? Super upset. Pass me my cake. Yummy. You know I but yeah. Anyway, moving forward past that because I do not want to end this on a negative note. I want to end these segments now doing a little bit of what I'm going to call a black indie romance spotlight. So during this, I will highlight authors that I just feel like people need to, you know, pay attention to and get into because they are people who I've read their work, I've enjoyed their work, and I've encouraged others to pick up as well. So for this week's spotlight, I am choosing to highlight author D. Rose. D's work can be found on Amazon and her latest novel was called The Sweetest Love and this is the book that I actually want to talk about because it contains a lot of elements that I am personally like my readery catnip. Uh, the first one is It's a Friends to Love a Romance and if you have listened to this podcast before you have heard me say how much I love Friends to Lover stories. Um, so that one automatically snagged me in. Secondly, the hero is a basketball player. And if you know me in any capacity as author and or person, you know that I absolutely adore the game of basketball. And so I was like already tuned in for those two elements. And then the story just unraveled and rolled out in such a way that touched my little heart. You know, I write romance, but I can be a cynic at times. But the way that decomposes story 
and tells us about the evolution of Malik and Salima's relationship and how they are fighting against what is the inevitable. It's just really well done and I really enjoyed it. And I think that Dee is somebody that should be on your radar for sure. All of her work is available on the Amazon. So use your little nimble fingers to type in D period Rose and check her out. All right. So now we've come to the end of the show. If you have made it this far, thank you so much for rocking with me and listening to my little rants. And hopefully, you know, we'll get better and better as we go by and by. This solo thing is a bit different for me, as I said earlier. I don't anticipate that I will be doing a lot of solo shows because quite frankly, it feels weird just to talk to myself. But I did this one and we made it. So I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Hey. Hey. Hey.